the service of evening prayer for our third Advent midweek service, December 16th, 2020. The opening hymn is LSB 451, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by men rejected, yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Tis the long-expected prophet, David's son, yet David's Lord. Proves I see sufficient of it, tis the true and faithful word. Tell me ye who hear him groaning, was there ever grief like his? Friends through fear his cause disowning, foes insulting his distress. Many hands were raised to wound him, none would intervene to save. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. Ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed, see who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, Son of Man and Son of God. Here we have a firm foundation near the refuge of the lost. Christ, the rock of our salvation, is the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sinners wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded who on him their hope have built. Again, we follow the service of evening prayer found in LSB, page 243. The Spirit and the Church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. All those who wait for his appearance pray, Come, Lord Jesus. The whole creation pleads, Come, Lord Jesus. Joyous light of glory of the immortal Father, heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ. We have come to the setting of the sun, and we look to the evening light. We sing to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
you are worthy of being praised with pure voices forever. O Son of God, O giver of life, the universe proclaims your glory. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, for you are merciful and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. O Lord, I call to you, come to me quickly. Hear my voice when I cry to you. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch before my mouth, O Lord, and guard the door of my lips. Let not my heart incline to any evil thing. Let me not be occupied in wickedness with evil doers. But my eyes are turned to you, O God. In you I take refuge. Strip me not of my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Let us pray. Let the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, O Lord, and let your loving kindness descend on us, that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth and the whole heavenly host, and may glorify you forever. Amen. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 28.
to you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me. Lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary, do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. We'll sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing using Charles Wesley's original text that contains five verses. on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Universal nature say, Christ the Lord is born today. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, Late in time behold him come, Offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity, Pleased as man with man to appear, Jesus our Emmanuel here. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Hail the heavenly 
Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Come, desires of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Now display thy saving power, ruined nature now restore. Now in mystic union join, thine to ours and ours to thine. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Adam's likeness, Lord, efface, stamp thy image in its place. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Let us thee the lost regain, thee the life, the inner man. O oh, to all thyself impart, formed in each believing heart. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. A reading from Exodus, the 25th chapter. They shall make an ark of acacia wood, two cubits and a half shall be its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold inside and outside you shall overlay it, and you shall make on it a molding of gold around it. You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them on its four feet, two rings on the one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. You shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. And you shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark by them. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark, they shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony that I give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, 
from above the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you about all that I will give you in commandment for the people of Israel. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from Romans chapter 3. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith, This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from Mark, the 15th chapter. And when the sixth hour had come, There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled the sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, but now in these last days he has spoken to us. By his Son. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This time of year is hard for many. It's exacerbated by the pandemic this year, but this time of year is one that finds many struggling. As the darkness marches relentlessly across the ground, concealing the earth from the light for longer and longer periods of time, there is an unsettling that is felt. As the darkness outside grows, for many the darkness inside follows with it. Seasonal depression is high during these times, and it can be very serious. But you don't have to have seasonal depression to feel more anxious and fearful during the cold, dark winter months. While the scriptures never give us the exact day on the calendar when Jesus was born, since the days of the early church, the birth of the light of God, whom no darkness could overcome, is prepared for and celebrated in earnest anticipation and deep joy during the time of growing earthly darkness. With stark reminders, we light more candles and give more reminders that the light has come. The darkness of sin and death has been defeated. This all got me thinking about death. Why do we bury our dead? In a related matter, why do we put our most valuable possessions in safes and lockboxes? It seems like such an easy and obvious answer, but one often not thought much about. We use the veils to conceal these most prized possessions from common eyes. We lock them away for safekeeping. It is not just anyone who can get to these cherished possessions. Access is reserved to only the ones who have the privilege 
and the high honor to rightly care for these very things. Those to whom we entrust who really know the high value and extraordinary worth these things truly have. In Exodus 25, God gives us a description of one of his own lockboxes, the Ark of the Covenant. One of the items God put inside for safekeeping was his own testimony. The law of God was buried inside this safe. This wasn't for common eyes to see. It wasn't for mankind to tamper with and pollute. God's holy law is not a tinker toy. It is set apart from man's laws and is a most high valuable possession of God. We know this from the care and the detail with which this mask of acacia wood is described. The Ark of the Covenant was God's throne on earth. It was understood as the place where God would speak to his people and would sit in judgment. His unchangeable testimony was to be put before the people and buried away to show that even God himself was not going to change it. This is one of my favorite verses to study. The Ark of the Covenant has a special mask. It is made of pure gold with two cherubim, one on each end overshadowing the cover with their wings and their faces toward each other looking at the cover. This cover has a special name. The mercy seat. How great is that? While he places his law inside for safekeeping, never to be changed and sits upon it in judgment, just as a king would sit on his throne when making judgment, he tells us in the very making of this seat, this throne, that his work is one of mercy. He covers his law with his own mercy. The Holy Spirit illuminates that for us through St. Paul. While the world sits in darkness, the darkness of the sinful world was marching across the land, persecuting any and all who believed in Christ as the light. Paul speaks, The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and prophets bear witness to it. That is, the blameless Son of God has now come, just as the law and the prophets have said. The righteousness of God is for all who believe, and all need it. There is not one of us who is above the law. We are all guilty of breaking his unchanging word. The darkness of the world gives opportunity to attempt to conceal our sins, to veil our many times of, as it's translated, falling short. The word here means impoverished, that is poor and needy, really destitute. In our poor miserable state, we search for many ways to fill our needy desires. In the dark, we feel that no one is watching. So we are then free to satiate our deepest, darkest desires. We don't do the same things in the sanctuary as we do in our own homes. Why are certain establishments kept dark? Is it not an attempt to keep safe our sins, to hide our secrets away from common eyes? It is in this poor, miserable state that Jesus came to justify you. In your concealed darkness, Jesus has come. On your sins, kept away for safekeeping, in the many veils you concoct, Jesus gives you the gift of himself. You who are impoverished, poor, with nothing enough to pay for your sins against God's holy law, Jesus paid for them, paid for you. He redeemed you, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death, so that you may be his own. Here with the Holy Spirit connects for us something important about Jesus. God put forward Jesus as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. The word for propitiation is the same word used in Exodus for the mercy seat. Jesus is the mercy seat. Jesus is God's throne on earth. Jesus' work was all about mercy for you. 
The mercy seat was the place where the high priest sprinkled the blood of the sacrifices. With his own blood, Jesus covers all who are under God's law. You. He covers you with himself. This we find in Mark. Darkness covered the land. This was in the middle of the day. From noon to three, darkness concealed the land. This reminds us of the plague of darkness in Exodus 10. The veil of darkness was so immense, so intense that it could be felt. This was the hour of darkness, and anxiety ran high. Just what was going on? This mask of darkness was not just a localized event. The whole world felt that records had been found in China and Egypt, which speak of this darkness. It caused the astronomer Dionysus to write, Either the gods are suffering, or the mechanism of the world is tumbling into ruin. This was more than seasonal depression. It was a terrifying darkness that freezes one in fear. Out of that darkness a voice is heard. My God, why have you forsaken me? These words are the most appalling that have ever pierced the atmosphere of this earth. There are no other words that are more difficult to contemplate, and no mortal mind can fully grasp the depth these words convey. Many of the early church fathers passed them over and did not pry into their sacred depths. Even Luther was deeply affected by these words. When he worked through his passion meditations, the fourth caused him to cry, abstain from food and lose sleep. When he finally emerged from his reflections, he exclaimed, God forsaken of God, who can understand it? Yet it is uttered for our instruction, our admonition, and our comfort. In all of God's creation, Jesus is the only human on earth to know what it is to be forsaken by God. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Jesus was born on a veiled night of darkness, and not many on earth knew of his birth. In the veiled darkness a light was shining, and that life is the light of men. In veiled form, the incarnate deity is now hanging on the cross, and the darkness of the world tries to veil this awesome and terrible act away. The darkness of sin and death is all heavily upon Jesus, and he cries, My God, why have you forsaken me? He does not just proclaim that he is forsaken. He asks why. He does not just whisper it. He cries it with a loud voice. Why? For you, so you would hear it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you know why. So you would know without a doubt that Jesus was forsaken on the cross so that you never would be. Jesus took all of your darkness, all of your sin, all of our death, and buried them in the grave. He concealed them away from all common eyes, even from himself. In his divine forbearance, he mercifully passes over sins. The one who knows all has declared that he will remember your sins no more, as he removes them from you, as far as the east is from the west. This is all given to you by faith, through the waters of holy baptism. We have already heard from Romans 3. Later in the same book, Romans 6, we read, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him, by baptism, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. In the midst of the veil of darkness, you are buried in Christ. You are concealed in his blood. For what purpose? You are hidden away from common eyes. You are kept by God himself, as you are his most prized possession. He locks you away in his mercy. 
guards and keeps you because he knows just how valuable you are. He doesn't desire to see you in judgment, so he has covered you with his own blood. Buried with Christ, concealed with his own veil, we pray the words of our psalm. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Through baptism, by faith, he buries you with himself forever and carries you just as long. What is left for us to do? But sing, Hail the heavenly Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and life to all he brings, Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, Born that man no more may die, Born to raise the sons of earth, Born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing the Magnificat found on page 248. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from this day all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things to me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him, from generation to generation. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, 
is now and will be forever. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Matthew and Brian, for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church, and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Donald and Kim, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Alleluia. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. To you, O Lord. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Our final hymn is TLH 560, Gracious God, Again is Ended. Precious God, again is ended of my life another day. Show me where I have offended, where I faltered on the way. Let me by thy grace divine view this sinful life of mine. Calmly as the day now closes, in thy love my soul reposes. Faithful Father, thus before thee, now I come with fervent plea. Though unworthy I implore thee, be thou merciful to me. Let thy face upon me shine as the fleeting hours decline. Help me to thy will and pleasure day by day in fuller measure. Loving Savior, I will solely look to Thee for peaceful sleep. Sanctify my spirit holy. angels send their watch to keep. Bid all threatening foes be gone. Guard my home and all mine own. Drive away all gloom and sorrow. Bless me with a glad tomorrow. Holy Ghost, thine eyes forever. Watch though darkness hide the, the view. Waking always, failing never. They their loving task pursue. 
Gentle shepherd as thy sheep, now repose in trustful sleep. So within thine arms enfold me, in thy care securely hold me. Gracious God, let me awaken to another blessed day, that I may with faith unshaken serve thee as my strength and stay. Should instead death summons come, take me to thy heavenly home. To thy care I thus commend me, Lord, in life and death attend me. Amen.